It's been 14 days, and we're back. We have a new panel. This time, it's not a complete panel. That doesn't matter in any way, because these two individuals are so amazing that you guys are going to fall in love with them, and I can guarantee you they're going to give you some very good advice. Or you might even think, hey, this person sounds like someone I can relate to, so maybe I should hook up with them on Instagram or or whatever, on their email or on their website uh, to figure out more about them. So that would be awesome if you want to support the people we have on a panel. On this panel this Monday, we have Brittany, I'm going to pronounce this wrong, and I'm sorry, Storty and Cindy Gersh. Is that correct? Perfect. Awesome. I did it right the first time. I'm amazed about myself. But let me start with Brittany. She is the founder of Bridge Coaching Services and has a background in empowerment and relationship and addiction recovery. I want to ask you, uh, it, it's a wide, wide variety of, of things you go into, but addiction recovery, it sounds a bit personal to you directly. Am I it right? It is. Yes, I'm six years sober and also in recovery for an eating disorder as well. And and was this kind of uh, um, something that made you realize, and when I'm out of this, I can help others with it? Yeah, it's interesting um, because I I went on the Doctor Oz show in March 2012, and I was still very much active in my eating disorder, but I still wanted to help other people and bring awareness. So all throughout, I just wanted to help people. That's been my bottom line. And then now that I'm on the other side and I've developed confidence in what I can do for others, that's why I decided to open my own business. Awesome. Thank you for helping others. I just got to say this. Every time I have someone here, thank you for helping us, others and thank you for helping these people that we have that have written in here. So, and, and my next guest, Cindy. Hang on to your hats. She is the founder of New Marketing Group. Uh, she is single mom of two. And in 2018, she was diagnosed with a rare arterial disease called... I'm, again, not a doctor, so I'm going to pronounce this wrong, probably. Fibromuscular dysplasia. Perfect. And, perfect. Oh, thank God. <laughs> And you travel around the world to raise awareness about this and other rare diseases. Am I right on that one? Um, I just try to raise awareness um, for my 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 disease, but also just to speak on behalf of other people who have chronic and rare diseases as well. I got to ask, um, how rare is this disease, actually? 2% of the world has it. There's only 15 hospitals right now that deal with this disease in the world that we know of or well, that are registered. I should say, I'm sorry. They have a registry. Um, so there's about 15. They're adding new hospitals all the time, which is great. They just are adding, they're in the process of adding the very first one in Canada, which would be fantastic. Um, so they're, they're adding, but it's rare. And, and I gotta ask, like, what does it, like, what is it? Cause I get not a doctor. If you can For explain sure. what it is. Yeah, first, it's not fibromyalgia because everybody hears that fibro and they think it's fibromyalgia. My disease is actually a potentially fatal disease. 
Um, so it makes my arteries very weak. And then some of my arteries, this is the only way they can find the disease is through a CTA because your arteries look actually misshaped. So some of them look like a beta pearls. Um, and those that are misshaped is where it can cause like chronic pain. So I, my carotid vertebral renal and my iliac arteries are all misshaped as well. So that's where I get my chronic pain from. So we're at a very high risk for strokes, heart attack, dissection, aneurysms. We have things like chronic migraines, high blood pressure. My um, legs are actually what's in chronic pain. So I take um, seven prescriptions a day and I see six specialists every year. And I'm in the hospital in the ER probably five times a year thinking I'm having a stroke. I have two brain aneurysms is why I forgot to say that as a result of FMD, which is the disease I have. How do you keep, I got to ask again, how do you keep yourself motivated knowing that this is here? Is it day by day or? Yeah. I mean, I think at first I talk a lot, I, I, you know, I, I obviously speak a lot about my disease and I talk a lot about this. It was very much a slap in the face, a kick in the face and a stab in the heart because I was a full marathon runner. I'd run 13 full marathons, including Boston. I actually ran a half marathon the week before I was diagnosed. And to be going from someone who was extremely fit, but not eating meat, you know, not drinking, not smoking, running 70 to 80 miles a week, to finding out that you have this potentially fatal disease, it was a complete, it was horrible. So it took me a good year to really kind of figure it out on my own. And it took a lot. It took a lot, I'm not going to lie. But I have learned to, I, I will not let my disease win, Right. So I've become much more spiritual. I journal a lot. Um, I've learned to, I've met other women who have FMD through chat groups online, which is a great resource. I'm lucky we have those and they help. And then I, I travel worldwide. I don't travel worldwide to speak about my disease. I just want to want to correct that. I travel worldwide for fun. I talk about the disease nationwide. So um, I'm a huge traveler and that, that helps me a lot as well. And I live for today because, you know, listen, reality is, is this. All of us can heal over tonight, you know, just because I have a, this disease doesn't, it doesn't mean that not to be morbid, but you, either of you couldn't heal over tonight. So I just try to really appreciate every single day that I have. And thank you for being here and thank you for wanting to help someone here. So I think we're just going to start with the first title here. Um, and it's pretty short and straight to the point. I need to leave my husband. The mood is already set. So, let's dive in. So, uh, I don't know where to start. I've been with my husband for nine years and married for five. Um, found And I found a couple of dodgy messages on, on his phone uh, and some... Woman said that they had met for sex a few times, but wouldn't tell me how they met. Well, I believed him when he said he never did, uh, and it was just picture exchange, as he said. We ended up getting married about a year later, um, and over the last nine years, uh, the amount of messages he admits he sent uh, to women... It's countless. I was pregnant and a woman messaged me telling me how he tried uh, tried it on with her online. 
I caught him on a chat group um, asking for naked pictures uh, when I catfished him. Uh, Then in October 2022, I saw a message exchange to an escort saying he was outside. And then it said uh, that it was going to be... Oh, and then it said there was a, uh, a money exchange and a withdrawal of that amount from the joint bank account. He said he never went in. So, a little more context. We have a severely autistic son and a young baby. I have no family within 300 miles. He has a huge support network uh, within a 10-minute drive. I already know I shouldn't have uh, looked on his phone, uh, but I have done this countless of times, But every sing- and every single time I did, I always found messages and pictures from dating sites, and so on. Anyway, no doubt in my mind, I need to leave, but how? I feel trapped, having two kids, and especially the eldest, uh, I just feel like I have nowhere to go, and he knows it. Um, He talks to me like, he talks shit to me all the time, Uh, My dad recently died and I was upset and his response, because I was being uh, short with him, it's not my fault your dad died. What a gentleman. I'm constantly being blamed for everything, being called selfish and inconsiderate when all I do is everything for everyone. I ask a question and I'm automatically moaning and nagging at him. If I'm that bad, why hasn't he left? He won't let me leave. I'm actually scared if I do try and leave uh, what he will do. He used to make jokes he would kill me and bury me in the back garden. Nobody would know. Uh, I don't even know what I'm asking here. Uh, I think I need a safe space to say all of this. I'm so trapped. I want to leave badly, but I don't even know where to begin. This is a lot of taken on a very short page. So, Brittany, what is your thirst, like the first thought that comes into your mind when he, when you hear this because of the behaviors like obviously it's cheating there's actual proof whether it's the bank account the messages that's obvious but it's the behavior around it and trying to gaslight her into thinking like oh it's all in her head even to the point where he she is making up that she cannot leave And I think as women especially, it's really hard because we are taught that our life purpose is to serve others, whether it's our children, whether it's our husband, um, that's been around since the beginning of time. However, there's a certain amount of loyalty that we owe ourselves. 
And I don't specifically have a personal experience with this kind of behavior, um, like certain things around it, but not this specifically. But what I have heard is to put a little money away, very little at a time, so it's undetected, and she can build something up just to have on her own. And reach out to family. Yes, they're 300 miles away, but I'm sure they would band together and provide some resources for her. Mm -hmm. I was going to ask, because when I'm listening to this, uh, is it because she needs the structure on how she's going to leave him? Have a plan before you actually do it instead of just doing it? I think that's part of it. I think it's fear, though, more than anything. But wouldn't the fear kind of take a backseat if you know, okay, this is plan one. As you said, put some money away. Have some money so I'm ready to go. Step two, figure out how is the divorce going to go. Like, how am I, I going to initiate this? Step three, figure out the kids. Uh, the eldest was an autistic kid. Where in the where When I know where I can live, or with the family I can live, what can I do to help my autistic uh, son? Because he's going to be the one who's going to be the, not the problem, but he's going to have an issue with moving, I assume, because uh, it's going to be new to him. So he's not going to be, like, research what to do, figure out those steps, and then execute. Is that what you're saying? Somewhat. Like a, like a certain, like anything in life, it involves planning and setting things up. However, there's a fine line between making excuses to stay and making reasons to leave. And the hesitancy with a lot of women uh, that are in this situation, they know how to survive this because they've been doing it for, she's been doing it for nine years. She doesn't know it's on the other side of that. So a lot of women, that hesitancy is because they would rather feel comfortable comfortable doesn't mean isn't a good feeling it just means it's what you're used to because you know how to survive in that it's on the it's taking that extra step and having the courage to go beyond that and don't get me wrong she has a lot going on with her oldest a new baby my heart goes out to her but I think it's interesting how she said you know her family is about 300 miles away but she didn't say she doesn't talk to them you know, so that's what it leads me to believe they could be a possible resource for her. Uh. Cindy. Yeah. Is this more of a, like, she may need to, instead of her moving and taking all the kids away, I know family and resources are 300 miles away, but is this maybe a, a time and a moment where she needs to say to the husband, you know what? I have all of this stuff on you. If it doesn't quit and you stay here and focus on the family, don't come back. Is yeah. that it better, maybe? Yep. So first, I just want to say my heart breaks for her because I was getting livid as I was hearing her story because that is so frustrating and it is such an issue with women. 
um, I have a TikTok channel where all I talk about is crime. And I had four stories in a row where it was about a husband who either murdered his wife or beat the shit out of her so bad. And I actually told the story about a man who went down to Louisiana. His wife thought he was on a business trip and he was down there for prostitutes and he OD'd and his wife had no idea. So, you know, this is not an uncommon thing. And that's what pisses me off so bad. And so what I want to say to her first and foremost is he ha- he's had these bad habits since before they even, you know, got married. And, you know, listen, a leopard's not going to change its spots, they say, right? And so first and foremost, he's been lying to you the whole entire time. Check number one. He's deceitful. So still, she went ahead and married him. I understand she felt that he was going to change when which a lot of women do. He didn't. And now it's gotten worse, right? If he's threatening her, if first of all, he's emotionally abusing her by saying the things that he's saying to her, making her feel down, telling her that she's, you know, not doing enough, worthless, all of that good stuff. And, you know, basically saying that about her, her dad when her dad passed away. Um, he's already, he's emotionally abusing her. What's the next step from emotional abuse? Physical, okay? Let's just call it a spade a spade. It is. So, and then he already said, I'll kill and bury you. Well, if I heard that, my suggestion would be, and I know that he has a ton of family around there and she has no family, 300 miles away. But like Brittany said, she didn't say she didn't talk to her family. My suggestion is totally different than Brittany's. I'd get the hell out of there as soon as I could. So, and there are a ton of resources. So I would take money out of their, their joint account if they have it because it's joint. So she's not stealing, Right. And I would get those babies out of there and I would either go to a hotel or go somewhere out, uh, overnight and there's women's shelters and there's a ton of op- you know safe havens for her. I don't know what city she's in or if it's a big city or a small city. And if not, then dr- go to your family like 300 miles away. Get there. Get to a safe haven because she's not, I don't think, safe. And the other thing I want to say is this. She has a six-year-old autistic son and a baby. Those are her priorities, Right. You don't think that the, that they're in a horrible atmosphere. That be that's if they're fighting this much already. Like imagine what that six year old. But that is they, she needs to get those children out of that uh, toxic environment. She needs to leave right now. She needs uh. and you know maybe if she doesn't have the money from their joint banking out, ask your family. All right, ask your friends. Can I borrow one hundred and fifty bucks? It's not that bad. My God, I feel like I'm giving to her. You know, like just to get enough money to get a gas full of tank and get the hell out of there. There are a lot uh, of resources to help women. Yeah. Because um, I'm getting the same feeling here. This has to happen now. Yeah. And it should have happened before. Agreed. Um, and I do completely agree that the children are getting used to an environment where deceit and lying, just in general, the deceit part is a normal behavior. And, and she said, norm- that, you know, sorry, sorry. Yeah, no, that's okay. Uh, you're there. He's normalizing something that's not normal. He's normalizing, okay. normalizing a language where you go around saying stuff like very, very uh, troubling Vulgar. things. Vulgar. Yeah. yeah. And, and if you let him normalize that, that is something they are going to pick up on pretty easy. I'm not saying she's a bad mom. I'm not. Because clearly you're, she's concerned about the kids, so it that should be a sure sign that she may need to to bail out of there. But should it be 
well-planned or should it be right here, right now? I feel right here, right now. I mean, I, and I, and the other thing that you said, Jasper, that is such a valid point uh, and that brought, struck something with me is her son, she has a son and yes, he is autistic, but you have to remember that that doesn't matter. He's still looking to his daddy. He's going to replicate what his daddy does, whether or not he's, you know, I mean, he's still learning from his father. Is this what she wants her son to be learning? You know, I just, no, no. As a mom, that's not what I would want my son. I, no. Yeah. Um, and there are resources. I just want to make that loud and clear. Like, yeah. There are resources out there to help her. Again, I, big TikTok, I'm not a huge TikTok person. I just started, but this is something I talk about a lot on my TikTok. So um, I know that for a fact because I've researched it. Mm. So I'm going to say to surmise, both of you agree that getting out of this situation like nine years is maybe nine years too much get out uh now um leave because he's not going to change he no. would have changed if he wanted to but he hasn't so yeah no no he might have a problem but that's not for her to fix that's for him to fix at least recognize that he has a problem but get away from him uh the best you can uh and I, I sense there might be on the panel two ways to go about this. One, get out right now before it gets too late. The other one, be a bit more um, patient, but get some money, get a plan, be on the forefront of what's going to happen. So you're in control of, like, I took away this. I have half the money. Um, here's the documents for from the attorney. Sign them and file them. The cop, I've signed the copy. They're already with the attorney. So get that done and hand that in. I will be with, or I'm not going to tell you where I'm at because I don't want you to come. You can call me. That's fine. But do not show up on the Andra, uh, on where I'm at right now. Like, So two ways to go about this. One says now, the other a bit more planned and much more um, in control of the situation. Not that you're going to be in control if you leave now. You are. But it's going to be a little more spontaneous and a bit more surprising for him. Well, both of them are. If he's if he sounds as dumb as he is, uh, yeah, then he's going to be surprised either way what you're going to do. But that is the panel's uh, advice here on this. So we're going to take a short break and then we'll be back with the second dilemma and I'm going to give you the title already so you guys have something to think about I think I chose the wrong partner but it may be too late to change my decision you guys can think about that while we have a short break and then be ready for the whole story
Okay, guys, you've had some time to think about what the title meant, but hang on to your hats and seats because this is quite the story. So, the story is from him. The title was, I think I chose the wrong partner, but it may be too late to change my decision. So, long story short, I got to a point in my life where I had to choose between two people uh, to get into a relationship with. Uh, one is from way back when I was in high school, and the other is my best friend from childhood. Let's call them Brian and Luella. Brian and I were together for some time in high school, but things didn't work out uh, because of me. Almost 10 years, uh, after almost 10 years, uh, we stumbled upon each other uh, by causalities and started speaking again. Uh, he's a really nice guy and someone that I thought uh, would have been a perfect partner for me if I didn't screw things up back then. We got really close to each other. Uh, I spoke to him about how I felt. And after some time, he started showing uh, me affection and attraction towards me. At the same time, my best friend since, uh, since childhood ended a really long relationship. I got close to her uh, because I wanted to help her feel better. But we started hanging out a lot more, and my view of her changed. Now, since I heard her millions of... Uh, since I've heard her millions of times speaking about how she was sure her ex was the right one and now felt like no one would ever love her again, I started seeing myself in that position. It isn't something that I choose, uh, not that I uh, liked, uh, not that I liked uh, that at, uh, at that at first, but it just happened and suddenly uh, I found the idea of being her partner really nice. We live really far away from each other, but I travel often, so... Uh, I I do visit her very often uh, when I pass by. So, after some time of uh, facing these two situations and trying to see which one would be best for me, I got to a point where uh, nothing uh, changed. Brian was more and more confident and sweet with me, and I felt that... Vuelan was feeling some similar things to what I was facing too. Uh, I made a list in my mind that goes something like this. If I reject Brian now, I'll never have a chance with him again. I like, I like him. We live close to each other. And now I have the opportunity of knowing him better. Also, I was the one who started uh, what we have right now. 
if I choose for Ellen, it can it can be really good uh, or really bad. Uh, I have the possibility of having the most compatible partner uh, for me ever, or of losing my best friend. We really live far away uh, from each other, and I'm not a hundred percent sure she'll reciprocate what I feel. Following this train of thought, I went to Brian. I went with Brian, sorry. Um, Llewellyn was glad for me, but acted strange for some time. After some time of this, I found myself feeling regret for my decision. Brian is the bad person, uh, but we simply aren't compatible. We don't share the same humor, hobbies, nor topic of conversation. I try to adjust and see if I get into a comfortable zone from where to reach him. But it is getting more and more difficult. And to make things worse, he's more and more invested in our relationship. We aren't official yet, uh, but the other day he started calling me my boyfriend. Even when hanging out with our friends, uh, that was kind of a surprise for me. Uh, he opened up to me, but I feel remorse because I can't stop thinking about how things would be if I had chosen to try it out with Llewellyn. Llewellyn continu continues to be my best friend. We now speak all day, every day. She's still single, but now is trying to forget uh, about getting a partner and just focus on her professional life. I talk about Brian with her sometimes, but she doesn't know a thing uh, about how bad I feel about my relationship with him. With Llewellyn, I feel like I can be myself. We watch movies and listen to music together, um, speak, and we speak a lot through uh, Discord, uh, and just do things that I would like to do with my partner, but with Brian, it is impossible. Um, she's also shown some attraction towards me. Subtle things, but that I notice... Uh, because I know her, uh, I've known her since we were ten, and I've seen how she is with the guys she like. I know she is um, not capable at this moment of saying anything, knowing that I'm seeing someone else. And now I don't know what to do. I feel like I made the wrong decision but it's too late for me to turn things around. Brian is too invested in our, rel in our relationship, and I think I should give him a proper opportunity, but it's getting harder and harder. What should I do here? So, Cindy, there's a lot <laughs> of stuff here. Yes, I can give you a hint where we are age-wise, 
And that's the mid twenties. I could sort of tell you didn't even have to tell me. I was I like, didn't have to say that. Okay, but yeah, you could. I could just tell by yeah. That's when I was picturing them. At least I should say I was picturing them in their mid twenties. Yeah. So, <laughs> what should he do? Uh, wait, is it a is it a guy or a girl? He's a guy. I looked at it as loop. Okay, so I looked. So okay. my thing was she was so. He, I looked at it reversed, so I thought it was a girl looking at Llewellyn as someone. So he's a guy. I, it's just reverse. Okay. Yeah. So, okay, gotcha. Just things were a little reversed. Understand it now. Um, okay. So here's what I think, and this is what I always say to all of my friends or anyone who has ever come up to me and said anything about having a wandering eye, even like. Obviously, I'm old now. I'm in my four, high 40s. But so, you know, if someone talks to me about it, it's usually like marriage related and they're thinking of having an affair. I say, if you're even thinking about it, if you have a wandering eye to go so far where you like are really, really and this guy is really like thinking about Llewellyn a lot, like, right, like he is thinking about her, then you're not you, you shouldn't be with the other person, period, because you are you're you're not meant to be with it. like you don't. It's never going to go away because you this you're not all of a sudden just going to turn off a light and you're going to start having feelings for this guy. It's going to for for Brian like it's not it's not in fact to me it seems like it's just part of a thing it's getting worse right so my opinion would be you have to get rid of Brian it's just it's going to break his heart if you go any longer like the longer he keeps going the worse it's going to get for Brian and in regards to Llewellyn he needs to just give that girl some time, right? Give him, give her so she just broke. I mean, they broke up. Like, give that girl some time, and if it's going to happen, it'll happen naturally. I don't think that he should risk their friendship. Any of that. I think that he should just let Llewellyn. If Llewellyn likes him, he'll know. Like, I think he's because here's the thing: if he's like really into her, and he's saying that he thinks she has shown attraction, thinks because you know they're friends. He's going to start thinking she's so unattractive because that's what he wants. He wants her to think that she's, you know. So that's my my suggestion would be, you know, he's got to break up with Brian. Her little thing. There's no, nothing there. And with Llewellyn, give it time. Let her make the first move. Brittany, my thing with this story is more. He's, he, I actually think he said, said it best himself that he is confused literally and Llewellyn's relationship made him see what he is trying to do like trying to amend or fix a relationship he knows he screwed up before but now he's doing it again is it easier to say for for someone like or for, for the panel would it be easier to say you know what you're repeating your behavior like what you did before like you're doing it again is that fair to say i mean i'd say it so he absolutely picked the safety blanket for sure knowing it's like whenever someone says like he's a nice guy like that's like telling an ugly person they have a nice personality you know what i mean like it's not exactly a good thing you know sure it's a compliment but it doesn't usually end up very well <laughs> <laughs> um 
you know, and sometimes the most logical choice is not the choice that's going to ignite that fire within us. And that's what love is. It is a fiery, passionate world. And if we are not allowed or if we don't give ourselves permission to explore that, we're shortchanging ourselves big time. And it's the fact that he mentioned Llewellyn specifically, it doesn't indicate like, oh, he has a wandering eye, like in general, but he sees a certain, certain qualities in her that he likes. And I think he owes it to himself to explore that. And if it doesn't work out, it's not going to still work out with Brian. You know, it's, Sorry, Brian, but it ain't working. <laughs> like, it was great. You know? So there is the only wrong choice is not choosing your heart in this situation. That is the only wrong choice. And I really hope he does. Then again, I have to say, he also identified something himself is that the risk of like, if he tries this out with Law Ellen, it can go yeah, it can, there's a 50-50 chance here for this going good or bad, but there is a high risk as well to losing your best friend. Right, right. Like, is that is that something he should take into account? Like, we can all agree here, like the panel, without a doubt, the panel is telling you one thing. Stop. I'm going to say this in a wrong way probably, but stop throwing <laughs> Brian around in the corner because wow. it's not fair to Brian to be right. honest it's not fair to Brian and you've already identified the list of where you don't have anything in common so be nice to Brian and say this is actually the first time where you can give him a list like this is all the things we don't do together and that's not your fault that's my fault I didn't think about this right so that's one thing I can give him but the chance of him destroying his friendship by taking a chance with Llewellyn. Isn't that equally, isn't that even higher than 50%? Yeah, I mean, to me, I think, you know, first, I, I guess maybe I should have asked, or maybe it's not, a, maybe it doesn't matter, or has he always, like, I assume he's bisexual, right? But is this something, new, like, I guess I didn't pick up that he dated Llewellyn before. I thought they were just good friends. So and no, Brian was the one he dated before in yes. high school. And right, and okay, Llewellyn that's what has I just thought. been he dated Brian. That's what yeah. I thought. So he dated yeah. Brian. So he's afraid he's going to make that. So he's never dated Llewellyn before. So I guess like, is he bisexual or just if he is, does she know that or is yeah. she going to be the first girlfriend that he goes after? Like, there's some question. He, you know what I mean? I he has um i am pretty sure i didn't actually ask that question but i'm pretty sure she knows that he's bisexual he is bisexual he's, okay because now he's like very 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 open about that he's bi so okay, okay. So, so there's nothing knows. there i'm assuming she is in the loop being best friend they're best friends that yeah. they're best friends but yeah i mean she may look at it like this just makes me feel very uncomfortable being around you like if you want more than this from me but also you know like Brittany said i mean they've been friends for forever so maybe it's weird and awkward for a little bit but then you know they get over i don't know i don't know how it is i've i've never dated my like best boyfriend i i think there needs to be a step though in between leaving brian and going to llewellyn to just like have a firm foundation like you don't want a relationship hop that's not healthy for anybody 
because uh, then we're just looking for someone to fix our problem instead of us healing ourselves. Yeah, exactly. Some downtime in between yeah. relationships is always good because you'd also, he has to take in, in account, and I, I just remember I asked this, shouldn't you also be afraid to be the ringer? She just came out of a relationship. There's a whole lot of stuff there she needs to deal yeah. with before. And he has clearly identified a lot of stuff he needs to deal with before even thinking about a relationship. Yes. So isn't it fair to say if you break it off, take a break. Stay friends. Yes. Have your fun and hope that this matures uh, over time, uh, consensually, of course, instead of yeah. only being one. And she, he also stated that she's focusing on her professional career. So I think that's maybe a, a boundary. It could be a light boundary that she placed to really let him know she's focusing on her. Mm-hmm. And that can appear attractive to him. But it, I think he also needs to be his own person. There was one thing also I, I, I kind of... Isn't he also suffering from kind of a hero complex right now? When you think about it, because he actually stated this, Llewellyn became attractive, not because he's thought about it before, but because she came out of a long relationship. You're right. So isn't there kind of maybe a, I want to save you, like now you're interesting, you're open on the market, and we have so much in Carmen, and blah, blah, blah. Isn't it also kind of like, I, I, and, I, and listening to what he was saying, it's kind of like, seems like you're more invested in her because of what of the relationships that she came out of and you don't want to feel bad, make sure that's not the case, that that's the thing that makes you feel, I want to save you from all the bad feelings, all the hurt that you have coming out of this relationship. Mm-hmm. Could yeah, we that's say there I is a... That, I, that's why I was saying that I think that he should wait for her to make the first move. Like, I really truly believe that. I think that will, like, forget all the awkwardness. And if she doesn't, then guess what? She does it. Sorry. Yeah, everything has a consequence, and 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 every action have a, has a reaction. Uh, it's about the way you take the action that you get the best reaction. To be honest, um, that's some military stuff that you can learn about if you join the military. Uh, trust me, <laughs> you'll learn about that. Every action has a reaction. When you screw up, the pain comes. Trust me. Uh, <laughs> Um, there was one thing, a last thing I wanted to say. Shouldn't he also make, uh, I know he made a small mental list, but really write down that good and bad thing about Brian. Because I think in a way he's kind of, he, what I'm hearing is that he's not honest towards Brian. Brian is not in the loop of what's going on. And and the reason why I'm saying this isn't that because he states all his faults, but he hasn't talked to Brian about, this is how I feel. I feel we don't have anything together. Shouldn't he have that discussion before he breaks it off with Brian? Because Brian seems to think everything is okay. He's getting more and more invested. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it would hurt to give him... I don't know. I just feel like once you've got that wandering eye and you're looking at other people, like, I think it's very hard to bring that back. But, I mean, you could, what's it going to hurt to have the discussion? But, again, that might be giving him more hope. Like, if I change these things, maybe we'll still be together. I just don't think that they're, 
I just think his heart is set on Llewellyn. That's just from everything that he said. I, I don't think there's a chance with Brian. I'm sorry. That's how I feel. Yeah. Um, I think the best thing he can do with Brian is like, yes, like be honest with him because he is a nice guy and you don't want him to think it's his fault in any way. You know, he does owe him that much and to let him know how he feels. However, I think that conversation is going to be the last conversation. And I would recommend if he wants to organize his thoughts a little bit, maybe just write Brian a letter. Don't send it just to get it all out there. And he can pick and choose what he wants to say. It's a good idea. Yeah. Uh, I think you guys answered this letter perfectly. Uh, and let us know what happens, what, what you pick, uh, what, what you want to do and what you want to do. We would love to get an update on this. Uh, and with that, I'm just going to say, we're going to take a short break, but before we take a break, I'll give you the title for the next one. So you can, again, you can sober on the title on what their content might be. So. The title of the third dilemma is My girlfriend is bi with a female preference and is questioning her feelings for me. Oh. So with that, let's just take a break. Okay, guys, we're back. Short break. Uh, the title again was My Girlfriend is Bi with a Female Preference and is Questioning Her Feelings for Me. Let's dive into it. So, we've been dating since October last year. Um, after she got out of a toxic relationship with a friend of mine. Uh, and it's been great. Uh, we went on a lot of dates and there's there was just so much love and affection. I was the first guy she had ever been with uh, because of childhood trauma um, in her past. Um, but she told me uh, that she felt differently about me uh, because of how I treated her and tried my best to respect her emotions and feelings. In the beginning, she was very intimate and affectionate and it was great for me because I'd never been with someone who was so actively uh, uh, so who actively pursued me uh, that way? Well, that was until a few weeks ago uh, when I noticed she wanted to spend less and less time with me in private, and we started hanging out with her friends. And uh, immediately, I noticed how different she acted uh, with her friends compared with me. She would be way more hyper-touchy and huggy and cuddly, which at first I wrote off as just 
girly, um, girly friend stuff. But she kept making excuses why we couldn't hang out alone, like uh, her house being dirty or not wanting to clean or her mom not letting her do anything, which I understood until she started having other friends over uh, who was a part of the LGBTQ plus uh, uh, group that she hangs out with and even having a sleepover with one of them. I don't want uh, I don't want to think that she may be cheating on me because I absolutely love this girl but I am definitely questioning it. Lately, uh she's been very distant and not texting me as much. Um again, I tried writing in office her being busy but not talking to me for an entire 24 hours. Um uh, she called me telling me her mom was sick and I uh, and needed to go to the hospital and she needed me to drive them uh, and wait for them. And of course, I jumped at this and took them uh, took them and I waited there with them pretty much the whole night and it felt great because I missed her so much. After we dropped her off at her mom's uh, home, uh, we went to get food. And while waiting, I asked her about how she was acting lately. And she said that she doesn't know what was going on. So I started listening, listing sorry, the events and asking her why and trying to guess the answer. And, uh, and in my head... I came to the conclusion that she she would probably be better off with a girl, and I told her that. She started crying and apologizing, confirming my suspicion at that point, and I decided um, that this relationship is pretty much over and, uh, over, and it would be better to let her go and let her go do what would make her happy. But she says that she isn't completely sure and she's just questioning it and that she still feels love for me as a person but she isn't entirely sure how she feels or what kind of future she wants. She speculated that it was something to do with her lack of spark between us and that we would uh, uh, we, we should spend more time one-on-one and one more time, just one more time to see if she feels any differently. I have no idea what to do. I love this girl more than anything and I really don't want to lose her, but uh, it it already feels like I lost her. I don't want to go through the pain of a breakup again, but I also can't handle how she's been ignoring me lately and not acknowledging my feelings. What should I do? Open table. Who wants to start? No one? Okay. Then, uh, let me just say, Brittany, what is your... Let me just go into it. Like, is she is, is she just dangling him around? Like... He's the, again, you saved the, um, was it a safety cushion or a safety pillow? Safety or blanket. Safety blanket. <laughs> that, isn't that what she's doing right now? 
Like I feel I I get the feeling that she's very young. And um and he's very young. And you know, as I'm also bisexual, um, but I've been in a seven year relationship with a man and we're now engaged. And there's like it can be hard, you know, as a bisexual person when you commit to a gender if you're gonna be in a monogamous relationship. You know, and it but it sounds like to her it's more than like a fantasy, like a brief fantasy. She's really contemplating this. So I think I would recommend him talking to her or even her just figuring it out, figuring out what she feels the current relationship is lacking. Because there are certain, there, there is a difference between um, heterosexual and homosexual relationships feeling, you know, with, at least for me, there was like women, it was, it was more sensual. It was more delicate, um, more feeling that kind of, well, my current relationship is a lot of feelings. Sorry, sweetie. Uh, but, <laughs> but I think it, it comes down to she needs to ask herself, what does she want? Him, on the other hand, he's, a, he's second right now. I don't know if he's going to have the possibility of being in first, but she's making him second. But she did tell him that she felt that the spark was missing. So she kind of addressed it, but she loves him. Like, uh, she's, uh, I, I let me just find it again. What she said specifically, because I, that struck me as a thing that was I, kind of a weird thing to say that she was it loved his personality or person as a person, as I remember. Okay. And that struck me a little weird. Like, a person is something undefinable in my like that's just being there you love a person that's just being there uh, it's not directly saying I love this about you I love this specific thing so that's why I'm saying isn't she just like hanging around finding out isn't, isn't that the problem here I'm gonna jump over to Cindy isn't she just dangling around because she is unsure of what where she is in life and I can confirm they are under 20. Yeah, I could tell. I'm like, I think they're in high school still. But I, you know, so here's what I, I you know, I, he, you know, as Brittany said, he's way on her back burner, way on her back burner. Um, and he's already lost her. Let's be real. I mean, there are, he's, she, she, she's not with him. She's security blanket, all that good stuff. And, you know, they lost this spark what did he say at the very beginning at the beginning they were like crazy passionate like didn't he say that like that's what stuck them together like he'd never even been in a relationship like that before because it was so over the top so we know at the beginning there was this crazy spark that is gone because um she thinks that she's in love with this other woman and here's the other so i think without a doubt yes he needs to be gone with be gone sorry she's because here's the other thing. I could tell they were very young. Like, they're way too young to be in these serious relationships. Anyways, that's what I think. Like, I feel like, you know, listen, I, I get it how your heart can be broken when you're that young. It seems like, you know, it's going to be your, like, first and only love, but that's not the case, like, at all. So I think don't let her, like, don't let her do this to you. Like, break up. 
still be friends if you want to be, but don't don't disrespect yourself so much that you're allowing her to treat you this way. Uh, there's another detail here that I want to put in. So, oh, uh, at one point, this is some bonus information. Um, she got mad at him for hanging out with a female friend uh, whom he's known since fifth grade. And that female friend also has a boyfriend of four years. So she also feels kind of, let's just say, possessive about him in a way. Is that also some alarming bells for him to know like, okay, there's not good here. There's nothing good here. I mean, unfortunately, I can speak from my experience. That's how a lot of young women act. They are very possessive. They want that attention from the man they're with, young man they're with. But long term, like I can tell you, I've never gone through my fiance's phone. I've never felt a problem. I know he has girlfriends. I have guy friends. We're very open with each other. As long as the communication is open and you're not hiding anything, there's no reason to feel insecure. Exactly. And I feel like she might be saying that, again, as an excuse, trying to push the blame on him so she doesn't feel so bad about all the stuff that she's doing to him. So there is this one-on-one, one more time that she's, I wouldn't say requesting, but she's at least saying, let's try and see if this still is here. Is this something he should go to or just say, nah, you know what? I'm not the one lacking the spark. You're the one. So you got to figure that out. Should he just say no to that? Or should he go to it and say, I'm the one who's setting up the expectation. Rule me. Yeah, I would not. I would say peace out. Like, bye. Like, no, I'm not going to waste any more time on this. Yeah, I feel like the longer that he sticks around and gives her those second, third, fourth, fifth chances, he's prolonging his healing process because he he loves this girl. So he's got to go through a whole grieving process now. And the longer he prolongs that, the worse it's going to be for him. Right. He's prolonging the inevitable. That's what I was thinking as soon as you said prolonging. Yeah. So it's going to happen. It's just one. Yeah. So I can, can we then give him some advice? Because he's asking what to do here. And then saying, just break it off uh, is is pretty brutal. Just call her and say, yeah, no, 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 no. It's it's done. Bye. Uh, no, don't do that. Don't do that. For God's sake, don't do that. Uh, how should he go about this? Because apparently, like, when I read this, I also kind of feel sad on her part because she seems really, really conflicted with herself. So is there a way... Should he get advice from someone or what? Because I don't think it's just as easy as saying, nah, yeah. it's done. I mean, it never is that easy. I don't think it's ever as easy as saying that. But, you know, I think that, yeah, I mean, I think he should just be very open and honest with her. I don't think it should be on her terms. So, you know, her saying that we're going to have this last meeting, I think it should definitely be on his terms, you know, and... I think that he should just say, listen, I love you. I still love you, but this is not working for me. And here's why. Um, And I think he needs to be very strong in that because she's going to 
say things that he's going to want to take her back in. And I, but I think he's got to remember, like he's got to put himself first. So that would be my my opinion. Not on a text, which I know is like the thing to do. You break up on texts, or wor- even worse, DMs, which people do that. So I think you know, face to face. How about how about a singogram? <laughs> no, okay. Are people doing that for real now too? Because I switch. I, I know there is a service that does that. No, <laughs> I've work seen some video that. of some of the most brutal ones, and one of them was a, a woman that was going to get a divorce. Say so she was divorcing her husband so he made them serve him by first they're singing like and he's laughing because he thinks it's fun and then you're served and then they leave and he's just standing there looking like what the hell happened so people can't be brutal about this stuff but um i want to throw in here um because this has to be very delicately. Uh, again, I feel for her. Still, I guess I know I'm going about this again because I really feel for her that that she's in this conflict. It sounds like she's in a conflict with herself, uh, in a way. When I read this, so if he or when, if or when he breaks up with her, um, shouldn't it be? Don't finger point, because that's gonna maybe put her down even more than she already is. Yeah, I think I would just come from like a place of concern, because clearly she's conflicted. There's a lot going on within her, and I think as a woman, ages sixteen to twenty-five, there those are very like character development kind of years, and if he can say what he needs to say in person that's great if he needs to write a letter and say that in person even better because it's so easy to be manipulated when someone's like crying in front of us or whatever as we like to do um but she will be okay i think the more if he was to enable this and her conflicting thoughts and just sit there and be quiet it's so much worse for her in the long run and I think, you know, I think she needs to be true to herself, right? She's got to figure herself out before she brings other people in. I think, you know, maybe she needs, like, talk to a friend, talk to a therapist, figure out what it is that she really sort of, I don't think she's figured out her identity and what's going on in her brain yet. And so I think maybe she needs to work on that. And that's okay. Like, she's, you know, that I think ever, you know, tons of people are still trying to figure that out. At my age, you still are. So, you know, maybe get some help with that and or talk to other people and and then look for a relationship after that. After you've worked on yourself and made yourself the best you can be. Yeah, I'm going to break some one of my rules because I really feel for both of these two. Uh, and that is I usually try not to give advice. Sometimes it does happen. But in this case, I'll make an exception. Um, as I said, they're under 20 but almost 20. Um, So you get the gist. But I can say one thing to you guys. It's too early to commit to anything serious. And it's okay to cry over this. Like a loss of a a relationship is always hard. It's never easy. Um, And that's okay. If you're a man, if you're a woman, it's okay to cry about that. But give you that time. Give yourself that time. If that's five minutes on the bathroom, 
being angry or and crying, great, do that. If you need an hour, if you need a week, if you need a month, fine, do that. But think about this. The person you want to end up with is out there. You just haven't met that person yet. And I'm going to say this, and this goes for all ages. Don't keep looking for it. Love is not something you order. It's not something you subscribe to or anything. It's something that happens. And when I say that happens, it means you know the person, you meet the person, and often it's in, in your circles that you meet that person. I have to be honest. So stop doing Tinder or whatever. It's nice to meet, it's nice to meet people in that. I've never used it, just to be honest. Um, I am married. I've been married for 15 years, and I'm 39, turning 40. I have two kids. And I can tell you one thing without a doubt. And and that goes from experience with my friends using Tinder and whatnot apps. It didn't work. It really simply didn't work. It's it's very good to meet people, hook up and maybe get a free dinner once in a while. But just saying, uh, go out, meet people, date, meet people. And if you think a good idea is to go out and, and, and hook up with someone from a bar, no, that's not. That's just doing stupid stuff and doing stupid stuff. But one thing I do give out on advice when it comes to people that say, I want to meet somebody, I want to go out and meet someone, yeah. If you want to figure out if this person really is interested in you, you'll tell that person, yeah, I know, let's meet for brunch tomorrow at 9. I know you're hammered now, but let's see how quick you can get sober. How How do you really want to meet me? Because that's already showing you if that person is really, really, really interested in you. If that person is interested in you, they'll be there. Without a doubt. So, go out and date. And by God, if not by God, but the gods, whatever you believe in, spirits, whatever. Uh, if you are meant to be together, you'll meet each other later on with much more experience and much more, I wouldn't say preferences, but knowing what you want in a relationship. Because that's what ultimate, ultimately what, what we need to figure out in life. And that's hard, regardless of what age you are. You need to figure out who you are before you know who, what you want and who you want to spend time with. And you're 19 and 18, turning getting into your 20s. Trust me, the 20s is going to be fun. And then oh, yeah. you turn 30 and then everything is serious. So enjoy your 20s. Yes. Don't take life too serious because that's not... I don't... Like, screw anyone who says, oh, we're so lucky and blah, blah, blah. If they're bragging about it, you know there's something wrong. Nobody brags about yeah. relationships. That's weird. Uh, that's something you admire at afar, just to be that's honest. Right. You admire what somebody else has, you'd never brag about it. That's just a yeah. And you know, truth. that's such a good point, Jasper, because everybody lives in these social media worlds where it's like, oh, look how perfect my life is. Look how perfect my relationship is. And it's very hard. That's that whole imposter syndrome or whatever, you know, where it's like, let me, I got to live up to this person. I got to be this beautiful. I got to have this perfect relationship. Let's, let me tell you, I work in marketing. I've worked in marketing my entire life. I deal with social. It's not real. It's not real. And that's that's the thing. Uh, when I see relationships today and they're doing all that 
stuff on social media, a couple of years down the line, you hear about how bad the relationship really was or somebody leaks something because it is really bad. Yep. And that's why people ask themselves, why are some of these Hollywood and A-listers and B-listers keeping their relationships quiet? Because they're working. That's right. They're working because they're they're keeping to themselves. They're doing what they do best themselves. And that's how a relationship is. Screw anyone else. A relationship is something you figure out and it's not easy. It's not always cuddly. It's hard. And you also have to work at it. And yes, if you've been single for a while, you will do single stuff. And that's why you have to figure out how to do it as a couple. And both of you, you'll figure this out I, without a doubt. But you, my dude, you need to cut the cord. And you need to be something, you know, I feel our relationship is lacking this. And we're not getting that. We lost it. And not because it's a bad thing, but we just don't have this with each other anymore. And that's why I want to break up. Not because I don't like you or anything. I still have have you in my heart. But we don't have this together anymore. And if we don't have this, then we don't have a unity. And therefore, we're just dragging each other along. And we're going to be unhappy at one point, And then it's going to end bad. So rather cut it right here as a friend. And then hopefully I'll see you out there. Or maybe we'll see each other in a couple of years. And you know what? We figure out, let's try this one more time. Yes. Okay? That's a better thing to do than saying, oh, this is your fault. And that's blah, 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 blah. Like basically what you did when you were out eating, when you were listing up all of the things she was doing wrong. Uh-huh. Basically, as long as you don't have proof of anything bad happened, and you don't, you have assumptions. Assumptions lead you down a wrong, wrong place. It usually does. Yeah. Uh, because that makes you mistrustful of anything she's going to say. So I'm going to say this. Just let her go. She has stuff to figure out. It's going to hurt for a while. That's okay. Go out on a couple of dates. And you'll probably meet someone that's on the same level as you are. And you'll get that. Trust me. But just don't start hunting it. Like That's not going to work. Again, not going to work. But that's that's where I'm going to leave at it from my perspective, what I'm hearing. Um, and I hope all of you that are listening that if you have any advice for this guy comment on the Instagram on our Instagram on what you would give him as advice and maybe throw in some advice for his girlfriend as well because again I have no experience in that world uh, being bi and I'm the most heterosexual man there's ever been I think Uh, so figure out um what advice you would be giving them. And you can also leave a message into the podcast and we could publish that. So he even has more advice for him or her. Um, I want to thank you, the, say thank you to the panel. We're supposed to be three, but I think you guys, like, if there is an A-team of panelists, this would be the A-team. Uh, I have to be honest. And if you want to know anything more about the panelists and what they do and all all their small stuff we have their instagram in the description we have their websites and other fun stuff you can go in and look at and i'm just gonna say 
if you have a dilemma, remember we have the email address in our description. You can send it to us. Just make sure it's anonymous. And um, if you feel also that you would be a good addition to the panel, hey, send an email. The email is in the description. Let me know. I'm open to anyone. We're all people. We all have experience. And what's a better way to connect to each other by sharing your experience? So thank you for the panel and thank you for helping and thank you for giving advice. And to all of you out there, stay safe and have a awesome week.